0: Yeah,
1: Roman Indiana Jones is out. You should go see it with Roman or yeah, Django I, I, and Mike.
0: That's what I hear. Yeah, it's pretty he, fun. He has He's a almost whip. as old as you. <laughs> He's yeah. over twice as old.
1: Roman's thirty six. <laughs> He's like eighty. So that was like seventy two plus eight.
2: You want to? You want a spoiler for a book I'm reading called The Lost City of the Monkey God? I do, yeah. and thank you for prefacing it that way. Came out some some years ago. It was in it a pile Indiana Jones in the Lost City of the Monkey God. In a way, it's a book I was going to get rid of because i was like i got too many books but then i read the first chapter i was like this is going to be good (laughs) um so i'm reading this book and it's you know it's about an actual like archaeological find in honduras from some years ago but indy shows up kind of because in the chapter i just read today i was standing in the gallery at the museum he's talking the guy wrote the book he's talking about how when they left honduras and then started the process of trying to get different groups and funding to conserve it. One of, I forget now the name, but the biggest like uh, archaeological site conservation organization in the world, apparently. At the time, I don't know if he still is, but at the time, their co-chair of their like conservation efforts was Harrison Ford. (laughs) And Harrison Ford like wrote a letter to the honduras president and stuff going hey you need to save this site and do and do these things and and you know this needs to be preserved so yeah, i was like cool. yeah and he what he mentioned and he doesn't even mention any canine jones jokes or anything but the author just mentions and the co-chair who was actor harrison ford and then back to the sentence that he doesn't <laughs> mention him after that i was like holy <laughs> indies in this <laughs> huh,
0: that's cool
1: welcome to the Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast from Bellingham, from the com- from the Comics Place, Comics,
0: Co- Bellingham Comics. At
1: some point, I'm not going to feel like a total fool while doing that intro, but it's not today. Today, I feel the fool, and I love it. Um, this is a comic book podcast brought to you from the cradle of civilization and nerd culture, Bellingham, Washington, right off the shore of the Mesopotamia. Uh it's where all great things come from and where all great things go to spend their time. Um at the comic <laughs> shop. I am always in Jeff.
0: I am still Django. I am occasionally Roman.
1: Occasionally. And when he's not, he's just a giant torque rod.
2: Dork <laughs> rod, dork
1: rod. rod. Uh, this is episode three hundred and twenty of the Perfect Acceptable Podcast. And instead of having a little bit of banter beforehand, I'm going to go right into our voicemail from our friend Will because my phone's about to die. I hope we make oh. it through the voicemail. Oh no! Hey Django, could you do something about your crooked glasses? I can't stop looking at it. That's just his face. It's just uh, like Django just got blown. Sorry, I've been watching <laughs> Sex and the City. I am, I am thinking Samantha Jones thoughts all the time, and it's oh my god, not great. I've been doing Uh, the
2: same thing, but with the series Sean the Sheep. Oh, that's a great one.
1: (laughs) All right. This is a this is an email rather than a voicemail, which is fun. Hello and happy episode 320. Only a hundred episodes away from episode 420. Nice.
0: Nice. In honor of
1: the release. Yeah. No. In honor of the release of the new Indiana Jones movie this week, I was wondering what's the closest and perhaps best comic you have ever read that feels similar in spirit to the adventurous Indiana Jones. In order to buy you guys some time to think about the answer, I would like to allow Django a brief moment to gush about the new movie. Tell us what you tell us why you loved it. Can you rank all five movies from best to not best? Short round, love you, Kali Ma, Will. Well, joke's on you, Will, because right before recording this episode, Django and I recorded an entire episode about <laughs> Indiana Jones number five. So that should be up in the feed either before this one or immediately after it. But you can look forward to those in-depth thoughts
0: very soon. Spoiler alert, we both liked it quite a bit. We both liked it quite a bit. Quite a bit. I've got my answer. I've got my answer. I mean, I've got mine too, but it's an Indiana Indiana Jones Jones. comic. And and it's not probably (laughs) the ones that you think. It's the Indiana Jones Adventures that Dark Horse put out. which That's not the Young Adventures? No. okay. No, Dark Horse did do the Young Indiana Jones Adventures, but it's like a kid's comic they put out in the early 2000s, and it just hit all the right kind of sarcastic tones of indiana jones and hmm. had marcus brody in there on an adventure with indy and it was it was really good and and kind of like the star wars adventures that they've been putting out that are you know geared for kids Uh um, grown-ups
1: i like indiana jones a lot i've never seen temple of doom i'm hardly an expert on the subject of indiana jones but i really enjoyed this newest movie and i really enjoy raiders and uh last crusade the comic that immediately came to mind for me is a sci-fi comic. It would be planetary by Warren Ellis. Um, and I mostly just think about that of kind of like solving problems, solving mysteries and having large scale adventures that also are generally kind of single issues at a time. Yeah. And there's just a lot of adventure and excitement in those comics. It kind of reminds me of, you know, short little Indiana Jones flicks.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a really good call. That's, it also has a handful of things that are, direct indiana jones homages yeah uh, or homages to the things that indie was based on sometimes yeah pulpy
1: roman what about
2: you um i was gonna say that same dark horse series but i instead since janko did that one i'll say the first indie comic i really remember enjoying was the one marvel put out that was was that the further adventures of indiana jones
0: yeah yeah that first issue had uh john Byrne art
2: yeah yeah yeah, it didn't I don't think it lasted long, but I remember, and it was in the '80s, late '80s,
0: thirty-two issues maybe.
2: Oh, mid '80s. Oh, wow, that's longer than I yeah. thought. I didn't, I didn't read it all thirty-two issues, but yeah. What did you I guys... those John Byrne issues were good. What did yeah.
1: you guys think about that DC miniseries First Wave that Azzarello did? That was like Batman and Doc Savage, and like all, kind of a bunch of the pulp characters.
0: I wanted to like that so bad. Yeah, I read them all, and it just wasn't very engaging. And I don't yeah. know if it was azarella who's kind of hit or miss for me or if it was just that doc savage does not work in the modern day and the spirit doesn't really work super well in the modern day
1: rags morales and phil noto
0: yeah it was it was amazing teams
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah the artwork was was great but yeah same for me it was i read it all always wishing that it was i mean the art was awesome but yeah doc savage boy
1: Yeah, I I, that was coming out just as I was getting into comics as an adult. So I did not have a very discerning eye. Um, Did you like it? I only think I read the first two issues and I obviously not enough to keep going with it. But it just jumped into my mind in terms of thinking about that kind of classic pulpy adventure.
2: Yeah. You know, though, if the if the like if the worst of the Republicans, you know, take over America and everything, then I think Doc Savage could have a revival because he's kind of a superhero for them.
1: You know what they could call it? (laughs) savage revival
2: oh yeah yeah like bring back his crime college where he just locked up criminals and lobotomized
0: them and yeah yeah that sounds like a hit
1: yeah um i think we should start talking about this week's batch of books with uh, a guest cameo from a book from last week as well
0: oh what's i'm not prepared for this jeffrey
1: sorry i just needed to get it i i I I already talked to you about it already but um um (laughs) i think at the party last night maybe but um what do you guys want to talk about first? Hey, Roman, I have a question for you. Have you caught up with Batman, the Brave, and the Bold yet?
2: Um, I, I don't know. What's the latest issue?
1: Two. You, <laughs> Two. you were just totally blind to number one when it came out. And it is... A, each issue has like a 22-page... Oh, that's what the... Tom yeah, King. right. I
2: always forget it's called Brave and Bold, because I keep on thinking it's just that previous Batman Giant series. What was it called, Batman... Uh, anthology series was this size, this urban, Um, urban legends.
1: Yeah. Was that that it? Yeah. Yeah, I just keep
2: on thinking this is a continuation of that. So yeah, I am caught up. I've read issue two.
1: And you read issue one. Did you go back and read that? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Let's let's kick this off with Batman Brave and the Bold number two just because it's got a, a story in it about the Joker by Mitch Gerards and Tom King. It also has a Superman story in it with art by Javier Rodriguez. And that's about as good as art can possibly get. uh, If you were to (laughs) ask me.
2: Yeah. We talked about the first issue on the podcast.
1: Yeah. But you hadn't read it yet. So I was curious if you, Oh, I
2: remember talking about it. It was weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You were like, Oh, I didn't even notice that even came out. I somehow didn't even see it. Yeah. Um, because The
2: the Mitch Garrett's Tom King story is a retelling of, uh, I think the Joker's first appearance.
1: It's, it's basically taking place in year one uh yeah and it's it's the yeah, the first kind of everyone encountering the joker and yeah. that's what this whole i think five part series is going to be um
2: yeah yeah and i remember that i forget the name of the original story if it's the same title but the one where the joker's yeah killing off these yeah, the important of gotham people oh yeah, yeah it's that? an actual golden age story
1: okay okay that's cool um well so then now that we're all here and gathered what did you guys think of this portion of this story? Which is, I think, one of the most ex- the things I'm looking forward to the most coming out monthly right now.
2: I loved all the did they? I don't remember. Did they do the Joker's um dialogue in these um, um title cards
1: in the first in issue? The first yeah, story. yeah. He's yeah, okay. he spends a lot of that issue talking to a young girl. Yeah, I love it. Then, I mean, like... I love his jokes. I mean, they're <laughs>
2: dark and funny and twisted.
1: Yeah, I really liked all the jokes in it because uh, he he leans into it in a different way in modern comics. Like it's Mm -hmm. almost more like, you know, he's the Joker. So he's not always telling these jokes, uh, except for some writers do it. But this is just like, he's new, he's young and he's just like schizophrenically spitting them all off rather than saying things. And they're all fucking macabre.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. And I apologize. Mean the same thing. Yeah. Except at a funeral.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're all kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I read a whole book about an immortal dog. It was impossible to put down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, great writing, Tom King. Yeah, I don't think I liked this issue quite as much as the first one, um, but this one was much more meat, whereas the first one was a very introductory setup thing. So this was like more of a portion of a story. Um, but I, I really, really liked this one.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, I like the setup with. Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne and convincing his kind of dumb, rich buddy to be bait. I, I like that scene a lot. Like Bruce Wayne using the term dude. That... felt super wrong, except totally fits with the character he's playing in that moment.
1: I totally agree. I thought that was really deft writing from Tom King because it feels not right at all. But it's like a young Bruce Wayne overcompensating for being the character of Bruce Wayne or something. Like it, yeah. that works really well.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, and the like the the plot and the action the action here is pretty fun. Where you know, like, we're just getting the Joker beating the shit out of Batman with jokes happening between panels.
1: I liked that. That that one was a little interesting to follow because I'm always interested in the Joker being a physical foe, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't necessarily associate him with somebody that could beat Batman in a fight.
0: I don't know if I've ever told this story about when my kids were pretty young, I would uh, have lightsaber fights with them out in the yard. Yeah, these like extendable lightsabers.
1: You guys risked severing off your children's limbs and cauterizing <laughs> the wounds, but you have always been a very adventurous man.
0: Like sword fighting with Max was one thing, but as soon as you gave one of those lightsabers to Eli, who was like two or three, it became a deadly weapon because he was just a berserker and had no concept of like self-preservation or how bad he could hurt somebody with something. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the Joker in this story where he's winning because he is—he doesn't care if he gets hurt. He's just going to stomp on Batman's face or he's going to jump out of the third story window or you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, comparison my therapist always draws is that baby rattlesnakes are the most dangerous because they haven't learned how to control their venom yet. So all of their bites are fatal, whereas 100%. adult rattlesnakes you know, are not that exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a good comparison here.
0: I mean, even with a sword in this one, like in the beginning, the Joker kills a bunch of people with a sword, but, and Gordon witnesses it. And he's talking about how the Joker wasn't good at using a sword. So he would hack some people and then he'd have to go back to the beginning and kill the guy that he hadn't killed. Cause he was not very good with a sword.
1: Oh, it's so fucking good. You guys, these two have such uh such a grasp of Batman and his villains. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the way he
2: draws. Um it's only two panels, but the Joker's face, what little bit of it you can see when he raises the visor when he's in the armor, and you just see the top corners of his of his grin. Mm-hmm. It's so evil looking. Yeah. Beautifully done.
0: Yeah, what a team.
1: They're they're the best. Like they they don't there's nothing that they do that is not it the highest caliber. I feel like they're mm-hmm. they're absolutely incredible. I'm interested to see what the arc of this whole anthology series is gonna take when they're no longer anchored by the strength of a Tom King, Mitch Gerard story as like the kind of main thing going on in it. Mm. But that said, and Roman, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe you did read the first issue and we talked about it, but um, so I apologize not to put you in a corner, but yeah, I can't remember. I, I, we talked I remember about how about it was, with you guys.
0: how it was from the first one, but I don't know if Roman had read it at that point,
1: but the, the Superman backup, which has the Javier Rodriguez story, which is written by Christopher Cantwell um, is, one of the best Superman stories, I think, coming out as well. Like the art is incredible. It feels so much like, um, the Max Fleischer cartoons to me. Um, is that his name?
2: Yeah, the Golden Age stuff. Yeah,
1: like yeah. Like it feels like the colors look like that sh- show to me. Like watching it, it's it. Yeah, I love it. It's so like Golden Agey and kind of how Superman acts, and um, that like is. Yeah, between these two stories, I think this issue is worth worth the seven ninety nine price point, far and yeah. away, because you're getting a full issue of that Joker story.
2: Yeah, just the, those two stories. I, I mean, this time I didn't even read the the middle story of Mr. Bones and whoever yeah. it was. Um, I did read it the first time, and just to see if
0: I wanted to continue it, and then I didn't. And that's a full issue length, too, I think.
1: Yeah, did yeah. anybody read the Joel Jones backup? I have not yet.
0: No. Um, I did. It,
2: it's... It, it, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Hang on.
0: There's not that many words. I can do it real quick. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's okay, but the thing that's o- kind of the obvious thing, it, the thing you that's know, interesting that to me, Stars.
1: Yeah. Is just that her art looks a little bit different than her normal art in it. Like it almost looks a little bit more like Tula Lote to me, um, mm-hmm. who does kind of like a, a muted kind of look on a lot of things. Uh, I do love Joelle's art though. Um, so I do, I am excited to read it. It looks like it's actually mostly a silent issue. Not entirely. Yeah.
0: And the, the her her catwoman is undeniably her though, right? That looks her like art Joelle style. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. But also a lot like Tula Lote. Yeah, know. I can I can see that too.
1: Um, which is one of the, my favorite female artists. But yeah, I mean this is, you know. As good of an anthology book coming out, I think, as we've gotten in a long time. I think we're getting two out of four stories are as top tier as things can possibly get, which makes that price point to me incredibly valuable. I'm very excited to see how they're going to collect it. I would have to assume that they're going to release that Joker thing as its own separate paperback.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I um, hope so. I really liked in the Superman story how um, Clark is writing a story, but he's he's then the story is saying Superman is a source of his and the, and so he has to write as he make, he creates a voice for Superman because Superman is doing notes where Clark can't be. So Clark has to transcribe Superman's notes and actually writes them as Superman, as if he was a different person. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that was cleverly done in here.
1: I totally agree. And in that same issue just from an art perspective, uh near the end of it, I think it's the yes, yeah, the second to last page. Uh Javier Rodriguez does a thing where he does a bunch of right panel stacking. And go on. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't about to misspeak. <laughs> uh I, I actually misinterpreted it. I thought he was able to pull off really eloquent uh reading panels from right to left, which is very hard to do, which I think is how I read it at first, but it actually goes from left to right in this oh. sort of awkwardly stacked six panel thing there so not as awesome but anyway still an interesting flow of panel like uh text box reading yeah um, because that that happens multiple times in there and i think it's hard to make that visual communication happen but actually that goes left to right so ignore everything i just said
2: it was all (laughs) very coolly done because the because yeah there's a interesting flow that takes you up into the the chamber where he goes, mm-hmm. where Superman goes, and it's apparently got Kryptonite, which I was like, but why did you keep walking into the chamber? <laughs> yeah. And I won't spoil it, but oh, it brings back a golden age character that I never actually read, but I know who
1: he is. So I was like, oh, oh sweet. This is exciting. I thought that was a new character. No, nope. I wasn't familiar with that top hair again no yeah. worries about spoilers if two people who work at a comic shop don't know who that is well sorry I assume
2: doesn't. <laughs> well it's um, it's one of those characters that back of the 40s had like you know well, I guess superman did too but had decoder rings and all that kind of stuff in their fan clubs so
1: yeah that was cool <laughs> i give it a 9.5 and that's based just on those two stories I, they're as high caliber stories as i think you can get in the comic book right now and they're coming together in one and it's very exciting
0: I gave it an eight and a half, and I didn't read the Superman story.
1: Mm. I'll also give it a 9.5 just for those two stories. I'm really excited nice. to hear from Django about Seasons Have Teeth number three. Roman, you're reading this one also? I am not. Oh, okay. Well, this is the one about basically an old photographer who's near the end of his life trying to track down the four seasons that are these giant kaiju monsters that kind of rule the earth in yeah. different ways and have been famously not photographed and he has gotten two photographs one of each of them really gorgeous at this point kind of doing an impossible thing uh, even though he's kind of a failed photographer and in this third one he's tracking down the season of autumn trying to take photos of it Django I'm curious what is it about this issue that you love so much you sent me a message saying this is a great issue
0: yeah so it's uh, the autumn is a little bit different than the other seasons autumn has just been camped out in um in the Chernobyl Chernobyl exclusion zone and this guy's going to take pictures of autumn so he like gets dropped off to go do it and he encounters some like mutated beasts on the way and the whole time he's telling the story about how he lost his wife and how she had cancer and like they had always had this kind of unspoken rule where it was okay for him to take pictures of her and so he had all these pictures of her sleeping or hanging out and and even after she had cancer he still kept taking those pictures and at some point he knew that she didn't want him to do it anymore and he did it anyway and and he was like
1: a last ditch effort to gain relevance as a photographer because he had never really done it. He was trying to create this photo montage, essentially, of a day-to-day photograph of his wife dying from cancer and submitting it to a magazine, even though, you know, that's a pretty shitty thing to do and to be thinking about yourself and your career while your wife is dying.
0: And while he was clicking the button on the form to submit it, she died. Like she fell out of bed and died. And just like, I don't know, man, for like a 20 page comic to get that much sadness. And then on top of it, this amazingly creepy thing that he's photographing, photographing, like, you know, he's having an adventure and he's also just feeling super sad about what a shitty thing he did. And it was just like, this is, this is a really, really well done comic and it's Dan Waters who's. One, one of those guys that we hung out with and, and liked. Like, we've, we've liked a lot of stuff that he's done. We've
1: liked him as a person for quite a while now. So I think we've taken an extra eye on all of his work. But in the last, like, six months and moving forward, he's really uh, gotten some more A-list books going. And he has some things in the pipe that are going to be coming down. So
0: And this one, cool. like, I I didn't even know it was him until I just looked at it to see who wrote it. I just... This is a good goddamn comic. And I'm going to give yeah, it
1: a 10. it is the... That's a big gooey duck, buddy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, after the first issue, I was like, well, I hope this isn't just going to be like a four-issue mini where we kind of focus on each monster and getting a photograph of it or something. I didn't even know about the photograph thing. But um, it is that. But in the meantime, it's done this incredible amount of characterization for this photographer. And so while it is what I didn't want it to be, um, it's a much better version of what I thought it was going to be at that point. And the second issue really dealt a lot with him being around a younger class of photographers, trying to go do this, get a photo. And it really examined his sort of imposter syndrome with being old and not have accomplished a lot, but still doing this thing. And now we're getting into his past about where he's come from with his wife that he lost and the guilt that all comes from that. And they've all kind of been wrapped in the metaphor of what that season means. And the idea of autumn being this period of endings, um, yeah it's the overtone throughout all of it i've each issue has done that kind of metaphor of the season within the issue which i think is an incredibly impressive writing feat
0: yeah and it's like yeah it's it's an interesting way for us to learn more about this guy yep and i yeah i'm just super impressed with it and i was super sad and impressed when i finished that issue tell
1: you what though I can't get over the fact that I don't think somebody could be walking around the Chernobyl disaster site without and I, I like without becoming immediately irradiated and going to die. But I took that bit of, um, you know, I guess, concern or, or- to mean no he's just near the end of his life so even if he's about to get irradiated and get this terrible cancer from being on the chernobyl disaster site he's so near the end of his life that it doesn't really matter and he's able to do those things because there's not a bunch of gas left in the tank for him to you know worry about needing to die like this is the last act of his life is trying to gather these photos
0: yep yeah Um, and and that that's like he just doesn't give a shit
1: yeah and that's It's, it's over And so I just love this whole thing and I can't wait for him to hopefully get the final season photograph and hope we get a slightly bigger issue at the end or a fifth issue to end it or something that kind of shows the success of this endeavor.
0: So I just did some Googling. Please do. Chernobyl is now safe to visit with very low radiation levels similar to those on a transatlantic flight, but it's subject to very strict regulations. It's only possible to visit the the exclusion zone with an official Chernobyl guide. Okay. So apparently the... The radioactivity has had it long enough for the half-life okay. to mellow out. I thought it was I still, still know that I would go, but
1: yeah, I thought it was still like not a place that people are allowed to stay for any period of time.
2: Oh, well, fellas, you know, what we got to do for our 400th episode then recorded
1: at the Chernobyl site. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That would be fun. Django, Can we write that off? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know that you can write off the medical bills afterwards when we yeah. grow a third penis, but yeah,
1: hopefully we
2: can get our like Russian guide handler or whatever to contribute some words.
1: I'm just excited to grow a third piece in penis. So I don't feel so weird about having a second one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's nothing. You should see the other one.
1: <laughs> uh, Jamie gave it a 10. I'm going to give it a 9.0. I really liked it as well. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. The moroseness that is throughout all of this. And I, I think that's kind of what you resonated with as well. So that that's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good, um, good goddamn comic.
1: Yeah. Everyone should be reading this. It's going to come out in paperback and it's going to be highly worth having. Roman, would you mind taking a trip back in time with me to last week to talk about a comic from last week? Back in time? Sure. I have a feeling that you read it. Uh, Jenna and I have long time been listening to another comic book podcast called iFanboys Pick the Week podcast. I would highly recommend it to anybody who wants more comic book podcasts. Uh, last week, their book of the week was uh, Batman Superman World's Finest, number 16. This is a book that I had stopped reading three or four issues in it's written by Mark Ra- Wade with art by Dan Mora. And it was dealing heavily with this devil Neza storyline that then tied into Lazarus planet. Um, it was a very un <laughs> unexciting, I guess, uh, for me. Um,
0: I dropped off because I didn't like the devil Neza.
1: Yeah, it was not a villain that existed. It was not an interesting story. I don't know what's happened between now and then because there's been 16 issues. But I dropped in on this issue and. And Roman, this is one of the best superhero comics I've read in a long time. I have to imagine you've read every issue of this series. Would you mind uh letting me know your thoughts on this series, Mark Wade? I, uh, I have. Um, and yeah,
2: same as you guys. I didn't care about the double Neza and however many issues it went on. It went on too long. Um, but once Lazarus Planet was over, Wade got into, you know, the good stuff, the stuff he does well, which was incorporating great silver age characters and and kind of storylines into into modern times and it's just been a lot of fun i mean there's one issue that was uh dick grace i think was dick grace and robin goes on a date with supergirl and it's just awful it's so awkward and dumb and of course gets interrupted and stuff and you know there's fun little issues like that and then there's ongoing storylines that end up involving the She's the Metal Man and Metamorpho and, and yeah, you have Doc the Unknown Manus
1: Soldier and, and Plastic yeah. Man and Metamorpho and Cyborg Superman and Green Arrow and Batman Jeez. and Amazo <laughs> and Robin and Firestorm and Supergirl and Wonder Woman like the Flash like this is the best Justice League book coming out right yeah, now yeah and there's something going mind. on
2: with and timely enough. um, A.I. Timely comics reference. Yeah. From the the, the competition. Um, no, with an A.I. threat that's taken over Amazo. So it ends up involving all the other A.I. characters like the Metal Men and Robot Man and everything. Um, so he gets he works on all these Silver Age stuff. But then in, he's also invented this A.I. I think Batman dubs it Mega Amazo or something because it's even more powerful <laughs> and threatening than regular Amazo who already has the powers of all the Justice League. Um <laughs> and it's just wild and it's fun and there's leading up to this kind of incorporated this there was a brief case where Metamorpho had been framed for killing Simon Stag, and Superman and Batman ended up arguing over it a lot because Superman was like no there's no way Rex did this and Batman's like well maybe he did and I have to solve the case and you know gotta, gotta find out if he's actually guilty and Superman's like come on, come on no he can't he's our friend and Batman's like doesn't matter um, <laughs> so there's just all this great little character stuff in these Wild adventure.
1: It's it's amazing. So it was a last week comic. So I'm not going to spend a crazy amount of time on it with everybody. But uh, I, I truly think if you are looking for a good Justice League story, this is the best one to be reading. Um, I'm wanna, I'm excited to catch up on the other issues. It's you know Mark Wade should be writing the premier classic DC book. I think. Um, and when this started, I was bummed that it seemed like there was something missing. With what story was going on. And it's not terribly uncommon the first arc of a story isn't necessarily the best. So um I'm glad it's kind of come back to form. Uh can't wait to catch up and read it going forward. It's maybe my favorite Dan Mora art he's ever done, and he's an artist I mm. like a lot. Uh it's yeah. this is this is very, very good. So I gave this a nine point five. This was like nice superhero comics punching you in the face. It was it was very good.
2: Cool. Yeah, I'd give it a nine point five. And and I don't I don't know if they're on the same release schedule. Last week, we also got Shazam number two by the yeah. same creative team. And that one, I would give a 10. Um, I just love that series, too. Yeah, I'm all glad two, to hear
1: that. All two
2: issues of it so far.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Yeah. Um. Bring it. Well, were you guys reading Blue Book? No. The final issue yes. of that came out. Yes. Th- this is easily my favorite Jimmy T.I.V. thing I've ever read. Uh, this nice. is the final ever. issue no. Uh, James saint oh, I've never really liked anything he read or wrote um, Michael Avon Oming did the art this is a comic adaptation of a the first like famously recorded UFO abduction story and it's Jimmy T writing it and then even Oming doing art who has a really distinct style lots of flat colors and heavy blues and shadows um, they did powers famously and this just brought that story to an end. Every issue has is had a backup story. I didn't like the first one that I read, so I haven't kept reading the backups. Um but this is just a creepy story. It was creepy and well written and coming from a non-fiction past, uh it it's great. I hope that there's more of this series because, you know, I read two Jimmy TIV books this week. I I always try give his stuff a chance. This is one that I think is is fantastic. I'm kind of surprised you didn't finish reading it, uh Django cuz it is kind of up your alley, but oh, you're muted, uh, Roman. What did you think of this? <laughs> I liked it. It's it's been a it's been a fun read, and yeah,
2: the backups have been hit or miss. Though so they've the one about spontaneous human combustion and and this one about different ectoplasm ectoplasm plasmic cases over the years, decades was good. But yeah, this this has been interesting, and it, you know, it made me go to look up this woman online um, and read. And there's an extensive Wikipedia about this ufo abduction case and this woman and what happened with her after her her husband passed away and this has a great sweet ending to it i guess in real life um she kind of lived out her life and became kind of still to the end of her life saying that this all happened and everything even when more and more things were revealed that kind of contradicted her story (laughs) she kind of became a kind of a joke but also still had a lot of people believing everything she said toward the end of her life so it's just really interesting i don't think i even finished the wikipedia cuz it was so long
1: it's I, I it's like wonderfully creepy yeah i i yeah it it kind of falls into that chew category to me where it's like an art style that juxtaposes the tone of the story kind of mm-hmm. partially but i think it works really really well for that but it wasn't till an issue like two or three that i was like really in love with this series but it's yeah, it's I my I favorite built it after the first one it's my favorite sort of full story i've ever read from him um, nice yeah, and it does the creepy really, really well. So, um, I gave it a eight point five, and the miniseries is fantastic. And if you like alien abduction uh, stories, which I've always loved, uh, this is a great story for you to read. Yeah,
0: what about you, Roman,
1: I'll, I'll give it an eight, and the atmosphere, I would, yeah. And I don't, I guess this is Avon
2: only. There's no colorist listed here, but right. So I guess he did the colors too, but just his palette of blacks and blues and sometimes some purple really adds to that atmosphere.
1: Yeah. Uh did, did you read the other
0: Jimmy T I V book that's out this week?
1: I did. I was just gonna segue to that. Did everybody read the what is the full title? The oddly pedestrian life of Christopher Chow's Chow's
0: gonna,
2: Yeah, and I was gonna ask you guys, does this count as a uh Tinian book? Because he didn't write it. It's based right. on an
1: idea yeah. by him. And the script wow. is by Tate Bromball. What so a point
0: to get to in your comic yeah. book career. That's, That's just
1: like just what I was gonna say. Yeah, one really of the quite, things yeah. that just fucking turns me off about Jimmy Tiv is like how militaristic he seems about building a brand and making money. Um, and not but I was also while reading this hand blue book, I was like, would I do it any differently if this is the hand that fate dealt me of like being given high-profile DC stuff early on and being able to transition to like film option comics? I don't know. Um, I mean, and,
0: you know it's hard to make a living in comics it if is. you can if you can do it and you have to sell out a little bit or or turn it into a capital b business sure sure yeah i thought this was a pretty good comic i thought um, it was
1: pretty good also yeah
0: yeah i like the character design i liked i like the gag with the pigeon when the pigeon gets hit by a truck it's not uh, a gag
1: Django. animals no, are not funny yeah it was
0: not in pain guys it got hit by a truck and died and instantly died. I know, wow. but it's
1: still horrible. I like pigeons. I love animals <laughs> and I love pigeons. They're one of my favorite animals. Yeah.
0: Gags don't have to be funny to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: um yeah. I love the way the artist draws. I
2: love the main character, how apparently it's maybe it's a mutant billy, who knows, but his brain is different. Mm-hmm. And he he's like the scene where he kind of blanks out in the front of the class and he's supposed to be talking about Hamlet or something. But instead he like apparently drew all these mathematical formula because he sees it, Mathematical formula in everything. Yeah. Just yeah. the formula behind realities, basically.
1: I love that. Yeah, I i think I a... liked the art even more than the writing, though. Like mm. I i really liked the art in this. It had like a Becky Clunan vibe to me. Um kind of like flat colors, thick yeah. lines. Um yeah, a little cartoony, but not overly so. Uh I yeah, I really like the art in it.
0: I think that I like the art more than I like the paneling and like Talk about getting up my own ass and smelling my farts. I'm gonna talk about the panels in here for a minute. Yeah, yeah. There, there were just like points where characters were violating panels that didn't seem to need that that impact. The panel sizes and, and shapes are a little weird, and maybe it's just to kind of add to the chaos because it's about somebody you can kind of see chaos. Um, I don't know. It it felt like somebody who wanted to be doing sort of uh uh, All avant-garde crap. or something like. Well, who's who's the person that we like that that has Jace been doing?
1: James the third, and even this had
0: the other of one.
1: Javier Rodriguez to me. Javier, yeah, about.
0: but like not as skilled.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I really it's like the pretty, images, but I could see that panel complaint.
0: That's a pretty in the weeds complaint, but like like the panel right before the bird gets hit is is you know why is Christopher Chaos's goggles? Above violating that, that border gutter. going into the finger on the panel above like yeah that's pretty nitpicky and probably not totally fair to um a new a new to the scene for me artist out Al- isaac goodhart um, but i dug the comic
1: yeah i dug it pretty well it was pretty verbose at times which mm-hmm. is what i would associate with a jimmy tiv comic even though he didn't script it it's kind of a thinly veiled, you know, you've got this like teen who's gay, but has a secret because their secret is their intelligence that they're hiding and they want to let people know, but they're not willing to let people know. So it's kind of like tapping into that kind of basic high school fiction vibe of like, yeah. I want to be accepted, but I don't want everyone to know this. And then it's kind of like doubled with uh, him being a gay character that's closeted. But uh, I did. I liked him. Uh, I liked the mom a lot that is in it. I did like the art a lot. I really love Pigeons. I don't know if I'll read the next issue. If I hear it's good, I probably will. But I did think it was a pretty good comic, just not necessarily up my alley or something I want to track. But uh, I think, you know, Jimmy T has built a very solid fan base and they've got this tiny onion imprint at Dark Horse. And I'm glad that they have the ability to be shining light on other creators. And I don't think their work is ever bad. It's just not something I generally love all the time. But this one was pretty good. Kind of reminded me like Teen Wolf or something. Three I have to admit that's the reason really? I no that's the reason
2: I read this actually because I happened to flip it open. I was like, there's a werewolf. Okay. A werewolf. <laughs> werewolf.
1: And werewolves are simply boys naked. <laughs> yes. I
0: sir. gave it a seven and a half mostly for that boy naked.
1: <laughs> I gave it an eight for boys naked in general. I'll give it a
2: seven and a half also. Maybe an eight. Somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight.
0: Seven and three quarters? Sure. All right, you got it.
2: What's this back cover mean? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I just
0: saw it. Well, Roman. yeah, there's a there's an epilogue that has that guy in it. Oh, yeah. oh there is.
1: Yeah. yeah, the epilogue's a little confusing. A little, uh, and then there's like a little preview oh, paragraph of okay. the next issue that feels like there's kind of a tonal shift that's coming in. But Roman, was there? Uh, what was your highest scored book of the week? Is there anything particularly on your mind? I'm just curious. Always, what your list has? You have a lot more books in general that I've read. So let
2: me see. I have a lot of high scoring books this week. Um. He also stopped scoring
1: his books in advance, so.
2: I did. Um, But even so, I don't have a lot of high scoring ones this week. I mean, Thor was good, like it always is. Amazing Spider-Man, 28. That was a lot of fun.
1: I thought Um, it was a lot of fun, too. And I don't generally like Ed McGinnis' art. hmm. And I really have liked his... I can't remember if he did last issue also. I think he did. But it is much better Ed McGinnis than I'm accustomed to.
2: It is. And I love his design of um, Doc Ock's new arms that... Are actually break up into cute little uh, segments that could are mo- you know, <laughs> independently mobile with their own little weird little plasma tendrils.
1: Dude, that's the one uh, thing I didn't like. I love his character really? design for Auto. Is <laughs> like kind of schlubby and overweight and super evil, but like they're like these metal rings that have goo in it and that like join together like they're goo tentacles with shells but they all have independent faces and they're all cute like roman just said and he's got this like cute army of little people with faces following him around i'm like that's that's <laughs> not the like badass dr octopus that i want um but not that that's a valid complaint yeah. but, at then all, but, they, but then
2: when they but the when they all come together as his arms they look more like his traditional yeah octopus arms and I miss and, and I know this is this will only be for this run, and then they'll. Right. The next time somebody uses Doc Ock, they'll be back to the
1: normal arms. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was hoping. Yeah, but it's a cute little departure from it, and like his Doctor Octopus itself is super well designed. The costume's good. Yeah. He's very evil. He's super chubby, and he's got this disgusting, dated bowl cut that is. <laughs> is <laughs> And they do some cool stuff. His old tentacles have been becoming a friend with Jonah, like a lost dog. And like, they basically create this trick where they try to care for those arms. And they, Dr. Octopus makes a Trojan horse into their computer system. But, and like, you know, Norman of course doesn't trust Octavius. And, but yeah, it's, I'm glad you brought it up, Roman. Like, um, I really like, I'm surprised at how much I like the art. Obviously I've been loving the story and I just feel like it's classic Spider-Man in a way that I love because, I don't feel like there's a lot of classic Spider Man stories, even though not everyone likes classic down on the like Spider Man, but um, I do. Yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I realized reading these, that these two last two issues, it's like, ah, oh, I'm so relieved that it's classic Spider Man and we're out of that, you know, goofy other dimension story, Mary Jane and the kids stuff. Because reading this, I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is what I want of Spider Man. It may not be as, I don't know, original as different as that other, that previous storyline, but this is what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, And to me, that was all just a mechanism to like break he and Mary Jane up, which is a pretty hard thing to do, but yeah, once they got, yeah. And that seemed more like an editorial thing that they wanted to have done rather than like a story that he was excited to tell. Um, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, I gave it an 8.0, like, which is a kind of slightly lower score than I've given a lot of them, but I, I do really like it. I, you know, I'm on record as really enjoying the series.
2: Yeah. I gave it a solid eight. That was fun.
1: Hell yeah. A couple of eight bad boys. Um, Django, we had a small conversation about this in the shop, but you read the final issue of Vanish?
0: I did. I I read it after we talked about it, and it made me want to go back and read the rest of it and see if it should make sense, because it didn't make any sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's. I really liked... I've, you know, I enjoy Donny Cates just in general, you know, I'll pretty much read any issue that he's making of anything, but the last four issues of this have felt incredibly disjointed, like there's huge gaps going on and it's like almost the main story that they wanted to have told has jumped into like several different stories and now this is the final issue of this series uh, story by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Stegman doing pencil breakdowns, and then a different artist doing the actual, Or sorry, pencil layouts, and then another artist is actually doing the art in the book. Janigo proffered that maybe sounds like Stegman is doing the writing now, and Donnie Cates is maybe just off the book because Don- Donny's been doing yeah. something. There's something going on in his life. Like he has had a divorce, and I don't really know what what's up with him. But there's been a big change in the tone and direction of this story, and To this point, I'm just sort of like, I don't know how we got here. I don't, there's not a lot of gravity left. It's, it's an interesting anticlimactic end to this series.
0: Yeah. And I couldn't, like, I still kind of enjoyed the issue. I just didn't know who, who was who and why was what. And I almost felt like they were, well, they were flashing between the past and the present a Mm -hmm. lot and didn't make it super clear uh, when they did that other than having, kids that were drawn like little kids. But um, yeah, I just I had a surprisingly hard time tracking the story.
1: Well, and like three issues ago, we had this like big story shift where it turns out that like his wife is the person who actually destroyed this monster back in the day. (laughs) So we don't really know if he actually did it or not. But then even more than that, like three issues ago, he was like trapped in an insane asylum. he was either going to stay in that reality or go to this reality. And I feel like they decided one was a definitive reality, like him in the insane asylum or something, but we don't ever follow that story. Like I just, I don't really know what reality is in this.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, that's part of my gripe with a lot of cosmic stuff is I don't know the parameters of the thing. And this, this feels kind of like that where you're not sure. And they didn't make it super clear for you at any point. Right. Um, you know i need i need some guardrails i need some bowling bumpers yeah. for my stories
1: uh so i give this one a 6.0 i did i still like issue to issue i still enjoyed reading every one the art was nice yeah. i like the characters um but just kind of at the end of all this i don't really know how we got to where we are and why it exists or what happened
0: yeah i'm going to give it a 6.5 but i'm going to reserve the right to uh read it all and decide that this was brilliant cuz maybe it is and i just can't hold that a story in my head long enough.
1: <laughs> I uh, wouldn't I put read, it past me. I read Creed number one from Boom Studios huh. by Latoya Morgan and Jai Jameson with art by Wilton Santos. The art looks very much like a Boom comic. I love Creed films. I love Michael B. Jordan. So I read this comic and it was fine. It was a 7.0. It feels a lot like kind of like Fence or just kind of like a young adult athletic book. Um... <laughs>
2: I was curious because I didn't read it because I haven't seen Creed 3 yet. But does that
1: matter? Um, I think at the end of Creed 2, his daughter is born. And then by Creed 3, she's a little bit older and is interested in boxing. And then this comic mostly follows his daughter, but he's Mm -hmm. in it. Um, So I do think it'd be good to see 3, but I don't think it's super necessary to have seen it. It's not like deep in the Rocky canon like it could be uh, Michael B. Jordan's kind of the head of the whole Rocky Canon Creed Canon now um, and it's it's kind of fissured and become a separate thing that said I like I love Michael B. Jordan I love this film franchise so I read it I don't know that I'll read the next one um, but it was good it 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 had a very boom feel kind of like slam um, or high five fight club or you know this one so yeah I give it a 7.0 any other shout outs boys
0: um I read Red Room. Ooh. The number two. It's still good. I it's love It's still that telling guy. really gross, gross, gross stories about gross, gross, gross people. And, you know, there's like five pages of just face torture in here. But then <laughs> it also... Flash me the best
1: panel. Flash me that best face torture panel.
0: The best face torture panel? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to choose, but... Uh... <laughs> This this one where he cuts the guy's nose off. Oh, is pretty
1: good. I saw that one as it came in. That is yeah. It's on the it's cool on the back bit. cover. Yeah, that's brutal. like it's brutal.
0: Um, but the like the the really interesting part about it is like you're you're getting all these really disgusting visceral torture images, but then there it it's on the the other panel is showing you the text chat that's going on through that, and so it's 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 just a very aware of social media and shitty people um you know like some people being super into it some people sort of virtue signaling that they're not into it but they never leave the chat (laughs) like you know it's there's a lot more going on than the loud violence in here would would make you think and uh he's he's just killing it with the storytelling i I don't really want to anybody pick this up unless you're already reading this series though
1: i want to read the collections like i do want to sit down and read it all it's just like pretty disturbing stuff, but he's one of my favorite cartoonists and I want to support it, but I'm also pretty excited for him to be doing something else.
0: He's working on something that's supposed to be kind of based on um, comic strips. And it's like coming out
1: digitally in strips.
0: Yeah. And, and it sounds like his vision for telling the story in strips that build to something else is pretty interesting. Um,
1: He's a huge Dick Tracy fan. So he's a good cop.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. It doesn't look more settling than this one does. But
1: no. But what we know between the three of us is that he's a good cop. He's yep. a good cop.
0: Did you guys uh, read the Riddler year one number five?
1: No, by Not the yet. way,
0: it's mostly just the Riddler's diary. And it's like this. It looks like uh, diary stuff from seven. Kind of. Um and it and like almost every page is just him writing these crazy person notes on um like ledgers because he's an accountant. That's and pretty
1: provocative storytelling for an actor who's this is their first comic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost the whole issue is told like this. Wow. Um uh, there's this there's a few him. a few panels at the end that have um, you know, normal comic book action. Uh but and, and even that stuff is like it's gorgeous, gorgeous art. It's got some uh, Sorrentino look to it. It me. totally
1: does. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know. Artist? It's uh, Stefan Subic, huh. Steven Subic Subic, S-U-B-I-C. Uh, I'm not sure that I liked it, but it definitely kind of drew me in and brought me through the this guy's mindset as he turns into the Riddler from the Pat and Bat series. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, well done, Paul Dano. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. If, if Paul Dano is actually just writing this, like he's doing a really good job of writing a creepy, creepy, creepy Batman yeah. story. Yeah,
1: it seems like it's really well executed. What's your score for it?
0: Uh, I'd give that one an eight. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Roman, any sh- light, lights you want to shine on anything before we get out of here? Um, I read last week's Wonder Woman 800
2: Ooh, what'd you think? reminded me it came out. Um, I really liked the Tom King... Um, kind of preview story for his wonder woman because it's all this new stuff you know it's jonathan kent and and and, and
1: damien in his six six outfit and
2: the character we haven't seen before the daughter of diana prince of wonder woman um and she's awesome they're all three are awesome but she's really awesome and there's a mystery villain at the end i'm excited for the new
1: series would you give that issue
2: uh the first half of the issue with the longer story was basically just kind of a recap of wonder woman and that you know that was okay um I guess I give the issue, or particularly the Tom the, King thing. The Tom King thing, I'll, I'll give that a nine. The overall issue, I'll probably only give it eight because you know I didn't need the the
1: larger story. Now nah, we were all just there for the Tom King thing. So yeah.
0: Roman, yeah, yeah, is that an eight and a half? Is that a nine? Is that an eight? Like I'm I'm tracking this here. I'm I'm entering oh, right, it in as right. we go.
2: Um, give it a, give it an eight since that eight. the larger story I didn't care about.
0: Do you want an eight and a quarter since? Uh, Tom King, when you did. He
2: wants an eight. Eight, it is. No, no, Eight and a quarter. Two eight, Give two, me that. Two, eight. Two, two bits. Buy a buck of coffee. A buck of coffee. cup of coffee. <laughs>
1: oh, a cup um, of buck. Well, uh, thanks for hanging cup out. Of with joe. Us. Cup Cup of for mud. Hanging out with these three boys drinking a cup of joe together.
0: Did you call me a cuck of mud?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> that's my buddy cuck of mud over there in Roman, my stalwart savior. I'm um, a wart. We mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but we did record an Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny episode that should be up in the feed immediately before this or immediately after that. One or Uh, the other. So keep a look for it. (laughs) There are spoilers in that, as there are in this episode of our comic discussion. So make sure you've seen the movie before you listen to it, unless you're not worried about spoilers, in which case, go for it. But there are some really wonderful reveals in that movie. Uh, Spoilers, Jenny and I both liked it, but here are thoughts in the Dial of Destiny conversation that will be up there. If you want to send an episode email or voicemail to us, you can record an audio message on your phone and attach it and email it to Jeff at the dot Or you can do like our friend and lover Will Elmer, well, my lover Will Elmer, uh, and hardly write, know her, yeah, <laughs> and just write an email out and send it to Jeff at the dot But we would really appreciate that. Uh, I'm not just saying that passively. We really, really like it. With
0: it's the only thing that keeps us anyone. going. Like, let's let's be real.
1: That and Diablo 4 are the only things keeping yep. me going at this point, yeah. Yep. Um, but unless I'm forgetting anything, I think that's everything we've got to cover until we see you next week for 321, which is only 99 episodes away from 420, brah.
0: Yeah, bra. Uh,
1: bra. <laughs> I'm going to be so high for that episode.
0: You don't have to wait. <laughs> I'm going
1: to get so high after this episode. <laughs> um, Roman, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I'm excited for you to hopefully get some uh, some Mexican food tomorrow.
2: Uh it's a Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. Oh,
1: shit. Maybe we'll since have I only see yeah. Since
2: I only seem to like go to Mexican food trucks and they're all closed on Sundays.
1: Damn. Well, maybe we'll just Actually, have to go to today's yeah. or something.
2: today's Yeah. today's works.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or the taco truck. Oh, have you? You've been to the taco truck by Hagen now? The new one. I forget its name.
2: You know, I have been a couple times with Sean, and I don't know. It's all right, but I'm not. I'm not. I've super only had impressed. it one
1: time, but Sean's very into it. I've I've taken it yeah. there multiple times, so yeah all right everybody well we will see you next time for episode 321 thanks for hanging out with us uh there's some exciting books coming out next week so we'll discuss those then night terrors but until then i am jeff
0: i am Django.
1: well emphasized they still call me trinity they do call him trinity all right everybody we love you. we'll love you'll see you next time bye